0: 1,000 people could say, oh, I know, I've already personally surrendered, I'm already there, and uh, I did that on Tuesday, and, um, and over coffee with a friend, and no, you didn't. You don't know surrender until you fully surrender. People get upset over you know, over these small things, and then when the big things hit, it totally wipes them out and devastates them. Where I teach clients just to, just to let go of all that resistance,
1: I want you to take the word surrender with you today and ask yourself what you're doing to truly feel that, to live it. I'm Coach Des, mindset motivator and lifestyle entrepreneur. My mission is to help you crush your self-limiting beliefs and embrace being unapologetically you. The Born Unbreakable podcast brings you inspirational stories from all over the world that will empower you to unlock your unbreakable spirit. I'd love to partner with you on your next breakthrough. Go to bornunbreakable.com to schedule a free transformational call. Action begins today. Are you looking for a one-stop shop in Las Vegas where you can comfortably stay and host an event? Athena Estate is located in Southwest Las Vegas, just 10 minutes from the Strip and offers everything you need. On over an acre of land, this indoor outdoor venue is perfect for an intimate retreat, a small wedding, or a milestone birthday. We offer a variety of packages and services that will fit your needs and your budget. Book with us by December 26th and receive 20% off your stay or event. Visit that's staydorado.com, that's S-T-A-Y-D-O-R-A-D-O dot to learn more. We look forward to customizing your next experience. Welcome to the Born Unbreakable podcast. I have a very exciting guest today, and his name is Shane Flanagan. He's out of Ontario, Canada, and as Shane and I were talking before we hit record, we admired something kind of special, which is the epitome of his story, being a direct reflection of the title of my show, which is "Born Unbreakable," and you'll you'll, you'll understand why in in a, in a few minutes here when Shane begins to tell his story. But I was very attracted to being able to have this conversation for for a few reasons. For one, so Shane is a success coach. That is what he does today. He helps people get to that best version of themselves. And part of what makes him so successful at doing that is because he's gone on his own journey. So my connection point, Shane, when I learned about you is, uh, I know that you've been in law enforcement. Yes. And yeah. I have a brother-in-law Who's been over 20 years in law enforcement and just in December made lieutenant. And so that was just such a special thing to see his career from, you know, the time my sister met him over two decades ago when he graduated with his degree in, um, you know, criminal justice to see his devotion. So I know uh, what it means to, to dedicate part of your life to that. And, but you've, you saw things. And experience things. And those things actually led you to a place where you had PTSD. Yeah. So for those of you who, who don't know the full definition of that, it's post-traumatic stress syndrome. And uh, and And from that, a journey came, a journey of your own exploration, your healing, and that has led you down this incredible path. But I think, you know, sometimes before we're on our high, we have those lows. And that is life, right? Yeah. We we always want the excitement and the fun and the joy, but with the, you know, there's a yin and a yang, and sometimes we have to have the pain and the the sadness and the the heartache a little bit for us to appreciate, you know, the opposite. So I'm just so excited for you to be here. And I want to thank you for taking your time to come on the show.
0: Oh, you're very welcome, Des, and, and thank you so much. And I I really, as you said, um, the name of your show is, is, of all the interviews I've done over the years, I've never run into a show with such strength in the statement of the name of the show. And you know, you made me realize something just a few minutes before coming on the air, and that is that I've been through a journey and, and you know when you when you don't look back so often you you kind of don't specialize what you've been through but it is really relevant it made me who I am today yeah. And uh, so I want to thank you for having me and, and, and your listeners for joining us today. I, I'm really honoured to be here. Um, let me say that uh, there's no snow here in Canada. It's all dry. Uh, it, I, I want to start out there. Uh, we're close to the Buffalo border where I am. And uh, so we get the snow quite often. And, uh, and we're, we're uh, in near Niagara Falls, Ontario. So just so yeah. folks get an idea but I serve a global online audience in my coaching. Um, I want to just start out by by saying something to you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've heard people say this when they've had a life such as I've had in their own particular way. And sometimes what I'm about to say gets misinterpreted. And I want to say that when you go on a journey in your life, um, where you experience things that are are definite obstacles and change you, deeply change you. Um, this is what I call going through a spiritual experience. And you'll hear that a lot from people who have come back. On the operating table from uh, from dying Uh, you know they were clinically dead and then they were they were brought back to life Um, they go through a spiritual experience and it's not religious uh, in the in the way I'm saying it Um, I mean a spiritual experience uh, is relating to or affecting the human spirit or soul as opposed to material or physical things and so I'm going to take you on a bit of a, a journey, and it, it, it kind of starts back when I was uh, when I was just a, a, a kid going through grade one and grade two, and I was diagnosed at the time with something called dyslexia. And this is when dyslexia, or and they call it something different today. I I, I understand. Um, but when I was diagnosed with that, they really didn't know anything about it. And this is kind of a theme for me. Um, and so the kids in the class would see me for a couple of hours a day, go to a special room with a special teacher. And I was considered special ed. And I was chased and beaten by bullies and, and so forth. Uh, because once they once kids, some kids realize a weakness in the pack, uh, they go for that weakness. So I had to I had to try to strengthen myself um, as you know against the trauma trauma that was going on from running every single day from people chasing me wanting to beat me up and I would run at top speed all the way home I remember and they would yell at me I was stupid and all these things like sometimes kids will say to other kids. Um, my mother always told me uh, you know you're going to do this type of job like your dad and. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to be a cop. I wanted to be a police officer. I watched their cars drive by with my mouth open, just in awe. I wanted, I saw them pull cars over and I stood as a child and watched the officer every bootstep, you know, and and the way he parked the car. And I was into it all. And my mom said to me, I remember, you're not going to make it there. That requires a lot of education at the time and and there's no way you're going to do that. And I, I really, you know, became defiant and said, I will do that. And so fast forwarding, I did it. And uh, I got on the department and I had a dream in my head of what it would be like. And I had no, no real, um, uh, nothing to base it on, no TV or anything. These were the good guys on the white horses. And, and I had that dream, catching bad guys serving you know serving the community and now I know everybody goes in thinking that and then you realize the reality after spending oh I spent 18 years almost 20 in law in law enforcement both the public and private sectors um, I was on a serial killer task force here in Canada in my city back in, this is, we're talking 89, early 90s, and there was a serial killer in our community. Uh, His name was Paul Bernardo and his wife, Carla Homolka. And I don't know if you've heard of that case before, uh, but I was um, on the task force with helping to discover and investigate uh, who was doing this. And then I was on the search teams that went out and looked for bodies, you know, and, and different things like that. Um, I was in undercover narcotics. As you can hear the sirens. <laughs> I was in uh, undercover narcotics for a little while. And, um, and then when I thought, I'm going to uh, leave public policing and start my own private policing firm. And I did that. And then we were the first ones to ever do it here in Canada. And uh, we trained our people just like police officers. We had cars that looked just like the police. I just took the public model and brought it to a private sector, and it took off. It really did. Um, Fast forward, I'm training a young fellow one night who's with me. It's his first night. He's from the military. And we come up against a a guy that I had to um, place under arrest and during that time i didn't know he had just been released from federal custody for many years and i didn't know that he was a 40 year old man uh and he took his shirt and his teeth when i told him he was under arrest and he tore it like the hulk right down the center and he said to me are you ready to go i didn't understand how deeply are you ready to go was. Uh, I was. I was a canine officer. I, I had to use my dog. And in doing that, they always taught us in training that the bad guy gives up if you have to use any type of force. This bad guy didn't give up. In fact, he became very calm holding my dog on his arm and and the blood dripping and all of the rest of it. Um, And that wasn't something that I was at all prepared for. Mm -hmm. That wasn't something I I was at all prepared for. Uh, They never told you what does that look like, you know, when you send your dog on somebody. And this guy wasn't phased. He lifted the dog off the ground and said, you better get this dog off me or I'll kill it. And he just said it in a very calm tone. And I knew I was in trouble. Long story short, we couldn't get this guy into custody. He wouldn't let us. And he fought us until I was ready to black out. And it was at that point that I said to the kid, my partner, we're going to do this one more time. I'll go for the legs, you go for the upper body. And we ended up getting him on the ground. And when we did so, um, the local police, who we had called to help us, arrived and, uh, and that was the end of the event or so I thought. Uh, what happened was and it took a while um, to develop is I began to act strange in my home life. I began to um, rage out for I'm, I'm not that kind of I'm a very mild-mannered person. I began to rage out at my wife and children. I began to break toys if I stepped on them. I'd crush them into little pieces. And my wife just stood there looking in in horror at the whole thing. And finally it got to the point where she said, you you had better seek out some help. So I went to my family doctor and he said, well, you have classic post-traumatic stress and he said you're going to be on a year's waiting list to get any help i was in a rough place i was beginning every time i went out on patrol i was beginning to see and have um, um, i began to have uh, mental um, and auditory hallucinations people that weren't there that i would run over with my patrol car People that would speak to me when I was in my house, when the house was empty. And so, you know, I I knew I had to pay out of pocket. I had to get help now. And when I got that help, it was was a cutting-edge treatment that my psychotherapist used. And I'd never been to any type of therapy, but she used it, and it was called E.M. DR, the eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. It was the latest technique to deal with this new thing called PTSD. So, the new thing with the dyslexia, now, you know, we're at the point where PTSD comes out and nobody believes in it. The upper echelon don't believe in it, the governments don't believe in it. It's it, and and they're just giving it just a little bit of legitimacy, but basically 90 percent not and so with a little lorazepam pill that the doctor gave me (laughs) and I'm a big guy uh I I took this little lorazepam when I when I would begin to feel the onset of 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 these conditions and the stress and the anxiety of of coming out of nowhere these pills would calm me down but only for maybe an hour and I would be back up to seeing things and, and I thought I was going crazy. I literally did. And uh, so as I began my treatment with my psychotherapist with the EMDR, it worked and it took about six years. I was with her for 18. One psychotherapist, 18 years I was with her. And I had to come back, I left her because I was cured and I remember being on the speaking circuit saying I was cured. That was the end of my story. People clapped and I thought it was the end. All of a sudden, a couple of months later, it came back with a vengeance. All of the the comorbidities, all of the uh, stressors, all of the auditory and hallucinating visually, um, it all came back. And so I went back to that psychotherapist and she said, well, now there's something new. You've come back. And there's something new on the market. We're going to start right back at the womb when you were born. And I want you to imagine what it was like. <laughs> and start to get physically sick. And I knew I couldn't go through. Because I start, we started there with EMDR. We started with childhood. And now we we're back to it. And I, I just broke down. And I said, I can't. I'm sorry. And... I had struggled for 18 years with my identity. You see, when you work in law enforcement, you wear a uniform and, and you live a life that literally absorbs your identity. And when you're not in that uniform, you're still who you are. And when you're in that uniform, you're a rock star. And as a young young man, a young officer, I saw the how what a rock star you could be and for the first time in my life I wasn't being shamed I I could control the environment and as I think about it now my law enforcement career I chose that career because I I loved it I was really good at it as well but you know something as I look back on it nowadays I could control what was happening to a degree I chose a job that wasn't that was chaos but Chaos that when I showed up, I could say, stop, stop the fighting, stop whatever. And most times it would all stop. Wow. Magical ability I had. And so when this all hit, and my psychotherapist, I'll never forget the day, she said, you you can't go back to law enforcement. You have to leave that environment. She said, because if you, each time you put on that uniform your inner self relives that night where you had that arrest incident, that most violent arrest incident of my career where you almost passed out. She said, your body is reliving that inside. She goes, you can't go back here or we're not gonna make any progress. So I, I had to leave what I loved. And when you do that, the rug is pulled out from underneath you, the rug of security, the rug of when I, who I am, I'm not anymore, and I struggled with that greatly. I struggled not having control, and the PTSD with these little erazepam pills came on like a dragon again. And I, I, I quit the therapy and went with a life coach, and she was an old friend from 25 years ago, and I went with her. And she said, listen, I don't know if what I do can help you. I said, listen, I'm willing to try anything at this point. And in four sessions with me, she did more in four sessions. And this isn't to discredit the psychotherapy industry. I mean, it's my journey. This is the way it went. She did in four sessions what 18 years could not do. And it changed my life. Now, just prior to her changing my life, I went on a, a, a self-discovery, a spiritual self-discovery journey that I could have never imagined. And as soon as I stepped into it, that journey, teachers began to appear just naturally, which was so Interesting to me that these people were coming into my life as one teacher would teach me something and leave. Another would roll into my life and bring me to the next evolution of of healing. And that's what I was looking for was the healing. And I, I was struggling with my identity. I was struggling with my healing. I was struggling with no one understanding me. And I didn't have the proper medications to treat what I did have. Except for this little lorazepam pill, I needed a psychi- I needed a psychiatrist, is what I needed, and I eventually got one. But you see, I I went here in Canada and studied with a shaman. Which is in in indigenous communities and in communities around the world, there are shamans. Um, Typically, in my day, they were called witch doctors or, or, or you know, the, uh, the tribe's uh, go-to person if you're sick in any kind of way. So I wanted to learn about that. And I went into the deep wilderness for three years and studied with a shaman. Now, I'm a city guy. And even though I've got a big beard and everybody's told me, boy, you look like a bush guy, I was a city slicker and I was out of my element. And this teacher, she was tough. Notice, I said she. She, I, I resonate with uh, with female instructors and female. I resonate. I don't know. I just maybe. Uh, I have no idea why. I just do. And so, for three years, I was immersed in the bush, learning how to heal in with old, ancient techniques, shamanic techniques, mm-hmm. from around the world. And she would bring in other shamans from. Um, the Arctic from Africa. And I would work with the shaman and they would tell me things and I would do plant medicines. and, and, And it was really, it was out of my element. And there were times that it was so challenging that I would break it down and cry. And it was very difficult, but that time in the bush with that shaman learning from the ground up, learning that everything has an energy, everything in your environment to you. You just have to have the right listening ears on to hear it. And I was learning to hear. And people, you know, I remember the first time I, I, I came out of the bush and I came home for a weekend and I put a big rock on my Thanksgiving table and I said, that rock can talk my kids and my wife laughed hysterically and it hurt me that they didn't understand what I knew. And so as I studied and I went through that time, that shamanic time, and, and when I finally did return home, it was a reintegration. I was a different person. I even took on a new name to cover up person who fought with that guy in my mind I, I, I felt disgraced because I had fought with that guy and it did my first real hard 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 you know fight to get a guy in custody ended up to be the very thing that took me out of the job I love and mm-hmm. so my I still didn't know who I was and I was still on a journey to find out who I was and mm-hmm. You know, I I took all of the, I learned about energy. I learned about people's energy. And now, you know, I can feel people's energy and tell them about what they're feeling that day based on the shamanic education that I took. And for a lot of your listeners, that may seem like, well, that sounds kind of crazy. But I'll tell you, there are, you know, I always like to say, never say never. And one of my biggest mottos is, let life live you and i that's you know that's the way i i live my life now let life live you you see you go into it and and naturally my learning process as i look back on it now i wanted this and i wanted that and i wanted everything to be the way i wanted it to be and i wanted to be healed and 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 then become a public speaker and so forth it's what i want mm-hmm. and what i didn't understand is No one's listening to what you really want. (laughs) Life is going to take you and and live you. Mm -hmm. And you can either resist it, I found, and it's going to happen anyway, whether you like it or not. And I remember my teacher always saying to me, you have your plans, but spirit has other plans. And spirit meaning that that for, universal force and, and we can call it God or we can call whatever whatever you like to call it, that mm-hmm. higher power has its own plans. And yeah. so I I once I let go of what I wanted, because it never came to you know, nothing ever worked out exactly the way I thought it would, and and everything was very difficult. And but when I let go of all of that. Wait, did life ever flow? And I remember my wife saying to me, Well, you have to get another job. We're we're sinking financially. We're sinking when we got, you know, it won't be very long before and my wife is working three jobs while I'm out on the couch mentally, just time is passing. I'm a you know, I was a zombie, and and so I I really um beyond the public speaking as I was trying to, to, to do that, which was way too early to, I will admit now, because I hadn't learned anything yet. Not yet. Life had a lot more to show me, oh, yeah. to teach me. But understand, I lost a lot of friends on the police department because they thought I had lost my mind. In fact, one 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 of my old partners actually said, "What's wrong with you? Are you crazy?" Because I was talking in such a spiritual way and living life in a different way than what he had experienced with me in a patrol car, you know, for for uh, uh, eighteen years, and that really hurt. And people walked away, and so you're you're left to an aloneness. Hmm. which is exactly where you should be. It's exactly where you should be. Stripped right down to nothing. This is you. (laughs) Bare bones, you. And your suffering. Now what? A teacher appears. And a teacher that came in the form of a man in a coffee shop. And he he came and, and just a stranger and, and he sat down with me and he he said I noticed you're sitting here and you see you look very interesting. You know what what are you doing? What, tell me about you? And he gave me a few golden nuggets and he was just like a messenger and then he was gone. He he was he said, I listen, I gotta go. It's been nice talking with you. But listening to him. Um, explain about some of the things and how he handled some of the things in his own life. Set me on an even better course of understanding. And so if we then move into my life coaching experience, my life coach began to uh, ask me a lot of questions. And I remember each session I was freaking out. And this wasn't that long ago. You know, I this is when when we went back to the psychotherapist and i said no you know and now we're with this life coach that's teaching me and what she was teaching me was was i wasn't getting but it was delightful all at the same time and i i was deep diving into what she was saying and i would go back to her and say but this but that but this but that and she wouldn't give me an answer you say what do you think And so it created a a mindfulness, which I had learned to develop that mindfulness through the shamanic work, certainly, but this reminded me to be a mindful person, to slow everything down. I was moving way too fast in a chaos that I couldn't control. And so I had to slow myself down and take smaller bites of life and once she taught me to do that and, and many other things, many other pieces of incredible wisdom, I learned a lot of lessons and they clicked one day for me. And I said, you know something, I, I have to you know, learn from you. Can I become an apprentice? And she said, certainly. And I apprenticed underneath her, and I had been life coaching at uh, different levels throughout my journey, you know, before, but nothing like what she did, which was very spiritual in nature
1: mm-hmm. and
0: really relied heavenly or sorry, heavily.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> and it was heavenly, uh, on the shamanic experience. You know, it, it kind of closely resembled it. And, and I've learned that there are going to always be obstacles that come up.
1: Always. Mm-hmm. I mean,
0: life wouldn't be, life would be pretty boring if we didn't have anything happen. Okay? Do you agree? Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. And so I've learned instead of getting up and going, darn it all, why is this happening again? Or why is this happening now? I look at it and embrace what comes. I let let life live me. I don't resist it. I don't conceptualize it and call it anything because once you call it something, this bump in the road, as I've just done, it literally then becomes something.
1: Your story is phenomenal, Jane. It's phenomenal. When I listen to you, and as I do in my coaching practice, I think of words that come to me. As you're talking. And there's three words that came to me essence, evolution, and surrender. Those are the three words because this is my belief. I believe we have an essence. I believe we're born with it. It stays with us, it's who we are at our core. So, you as that little boy who was made fun of for different reasons is the same person. That's evolved because we evolve, we grow, we learn, uh, we become better versions of ourselves, but at our core, we still maintain. And if you take any personality test, it, th- these things will come into fruition. If you're an empathic person, if you're a kind person, if you're an assertive person, these are traits that will continue to shine through because it's the essence of who you are. But we evolve. So what your experience is, going through law enforcement, going through this spiritual journey, you know, and then having a team of people help peel back the layers of the onion so you can look in the mirror and understand it all, your past, your present, and what you really want is part of that evolution. But the last word is surrender, because it's that thing that we have such a hard time doing the one thing as human beings that we try to get a grip on is control of everything. You know, you want control of the outcomes. You want control of your love life of the financial outcomes. And, you know, and that's why we do things like manifest that we, we do things to set our mind in a way so we can get what closer to what it is that we want. But in that, we also have to surrender because like, as you said, it's a flow. Life flows and it takes us in directions that we don't expect. And it's often in those odd directions where we find the most profound things that can change us forever. So, you know, I, I listen to you and think about anybody who's listening and is questioning right now, because I think that's, we should be questioning all the time that we have this beauty that is within us. And we will constantly get tested. But when we understand, you know, that essence of who we are, the best is going to come and it's going to shine through. You just might need to discover a little bit more before that can happen to its fullest extent. You know, so it's amazing that you met this life coach that could help you see so much about what you do today, which is, you know how you've practiced and how you've helped people today. So I just think it's astounding.
0: It, 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 you know, I'm gonna tell you uh, Des, you, it, it, that last word, that surrender, it, it, you know, I'm I'm, I'm gonna talk as, as I am directly to your audience uh, here by saying this. A thousand people could say, oh, I know, I've already personally surrendered, I'm already there. And uh, I did that on tuesday and um, and over coffee with a friend, and no, you didn't. You don't know surrender until you fully surrender and I'll tell you, I took a beating, a life beating until I understood it. and the lessons let's 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 clean that up a little bit. The lessons that kept repeating themselves over and over, but in different ways, different angles, until I got it. And now this is interesting. You know, down the road, looking here presently, I do, I, I, I find myself and I've, I've got a wife and four kids. And I, four boys, and I, um, I find myself sitting alone outside a lot now, and there was um, a a wonderful, wonderful uh, picture post that came up, and it's and and that picture post. I'm just going to, if I can take a take a minute to read it to you here. And I saw it just the other day, and it said. I may be solitary. I'm not alone. And that's that, I, that resonated with me. And so I go outside and I, I said to my wife, I said, I just need more, I just need um, breaks throughout the day, go and sit and be and to ponder and to be meditate and to be mindful of what's happened during the day and, and, and really internalize and understand it. And 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 I do that during those alone times. It's, Honey, it's not that I don't want to be around you or I don't want to be in your presence. I just require this. And this is a, a new thing, you know? And she said, no, no, listen, I understand completely. You do what you, you have to do. Um, She's from the corporate world, so she's, uh, you know, this stuff for her is a little woo woo, you know, you can understand. And, uh, but she's used to my, my being a little, cra- a little crazy and zany and, and that. And then I, I love be- living unfiltered in that way. Um, you know, wearing the tie dyed t shirts and, and, and just going out and meditating and, and, uh, and so forth. And, and I love that. And, and I'm, uh, I'm a hippie that never knew what a hippie was. That's what she calls me (laughs) and and i embrace that inner hippie i embrace that inner hippie now and you learn a lot about yourself when you're sitting there by yourself not listening to to anything on your phone um music wise or anything but simply just contemplating the small 10 minute chunks of your day or something that may have happened and you'll take I'll take my journal and I'll throw ideas around about it and and so it really becomes a, a, an inner an inner self-exploration a surrender I'm surrendering to all the things that are going to happen in my day and I'm saying absolutely yes to every one of them and as I go out I walk a lot slower not because I'm older. But because i'm letting as um the great uh, the great um buddhist uh Thich Nhat han said let your feet let your bare feet walk the earth let them kiss with each step the earth and do it slowly do it mindfully hmm. and so on a trip to the coffee shop or whatever i'll do that and everything i'll see i'll see a, a certain car pass and i'll actually just stop and ponder why is that? you know and, and why is it that color? Why did he run that sign uh, and And I wonder who's driving and, and and they're not you know I'm not doing it in an angry way. I'm doing it in a more speculation um, mindfulness if a cat crosses or a dog, you know I'm enjoying every little ant and and, and leaf that falls. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you that's surrender, and for everybody, that marker of surrender. It's going to be so different wherever you are in your life. But when people say I have surrendered,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I can see in their eyes if they have or they haven't. I can see by their face. Like the smile that you have on your face right now. I know you've surrendered. I can yeah. tell it's it's an it's an energy that I feel.
1: It, it's so it's so amazing to hear you say this because I have so many moments. Especially in coaching, right? People are they most vulnerable. and you can there's being here and there's being here. Yes, right? Because yes. I don't know, and it'd be interesting. I'm sure there's a study on this, how often when people are present, if they're actually present, i I tend to believe because of the speed that at which the wor- world works to your, you know, point about moving more slowly, is that we move at such a rapid pace. We have technology, we have information coming at us in every single possible direction. So we're actually asked to consume multiple things at once, which, you know, processing all of that is an interesting thing to have to do on a daily basis. So. I often feel that when people are in a moment, they're caught up in something that just happened or they're thinking about what's coming next and they don't even see the sun setting or that somebody just dropped something that you could go and help them pick it up or I mean, because you're not really there you're yeah. going through the motions to you know check something off a list but your mind is somewhere else and so yeah. it's it is different when we are in true alignment in the energy of a moment you know that's why when i do things like this i'm put my phone on do not disturb i i mean i can't control like if the amazon person comes as we're are talking you? or the dogs start barking or something starts happening but i can control the energy that I bring to this vibration with you, hearing you and learning from you. And that's, I think it takes a lot of surrendering to know how to be present.
0: I I totally agree. I totally agree. And to, if somebody was to ask me, "Well, tell me when I've surrendered." If you, you know, with one of my clients would say it to me, "Tell me you tell me when 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 the time is that you think I've surrendered." And I said, "No, yeah, that's not the idea. You'll this is going to be yours, not mine. Um you're going to know. I can see it or I can t- I can tell when you're just paying lip service and saying it to make it another like you said another part of the list that you can tick off." Oh, you know, I'm, I'm surrendering now. Uh, that word should never be taken lightly because what it means is there's going to be some, some definite experiences that you're going to have a, uh, some inner work to do on. And it, what's even more powerful is the people you lose that walk away from you. 25-year relationship friendships. What well, I'm sorry, you're, you've changed. You know, this was their response to me. You've changed. Now I became that little boy again with dyslexia, and I was losing friends. But this time, I know now that the shedding, that shedding that just took place, that where they they took themselves out of my life. There's teachers coming. And, and
1: that, I, you are making a profound point that I want to really call out for anybody who's listening because there's people right now who are questioning what you're saying, right? Yes. Like going, But this person or that person and where they are in my life is different than where they once were. I, I just want to say that when room is made in your life, capacity is created, right? Like if, if we took any container right now and filled it up, let's say with candy, nothing else can come in it unless we take something out of it. And that is the same container of life that we're living in. Sometimes room needs to be made for other things to come into that capacity that is meant for you, that is going to take you to places that you never thought you would go in a good way, and you need that. So if you're in a space right now of questioning, know that there is capacity being made for what is better for you, and that's what you're describing.
0: That's right. That's right. And that feeling of loss isn't a loss at all. People come in, and, and people ask me to repeat this all the time, but I was raised... And I heard a a phrase when I was younger, and, and it's never more applicable than it is today. People come into your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. And if you apply that, you'll never have the expectation like I did. That those 25-year relationships are going to be there all your life. I just actually expected that people would be there the whole time. With 25 years, I mean, there's no no sense of leaving now. We know each other, you know. Uh, they walked away because, because, and I know now, there were certain aspects. And my, it took my wife pointing it out to me after the fact. There were certain aspects that people were using. Let's go for a coffee, and then they they turn it into a life coaching session. And when I stopped that, and I took agency over myself, I was a people pleaser, bad all my life. I was a people pleaser. Oh, you too, yes. And it was, whole, I mean, that you know, to undo that tangle of oh. wires of people pleasing is 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 just a whole. It's it's a whole life experience of its own.
1: Nice work it is a lifetime's work <laughs>
0: absolutely absolutely yes yes and you know it's 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 life changing and the people that you thought were there for a reason were only there for a season mm. you know or they were just there to show you a lesson and maybe that lesson is friendships dissolve quickly based yeah. on people's opinion of you and if you change you're changing everything the vibration Mm -hmm. reverberates outward when you change anything in your life and it causes changes all around you to accommodate
1: your change there's a ripple effect because there's that rearrangement it's like tetris you know the the pieces are moving around and the pieces are moving around to fit and you know, I also want to point out, because I could sense it in your energy and your voice as you're talking about this, when people leave, even if it is for that season, and I would encourage those that are thinking right now like of the people in your life, because naturally that's what we would all do, be grateful. That's- always have grat- gratitude, always be grateful because for those people who do come for a reason or a season, and they're not there for a lifetime, some of the best lessons are are learned. So it's it's not to it's not to look at it in a light of going, oh, that person's not here anymore and and it's this you know negative thing. There's there's something to be taken away from everything. There really is. So so right now, if you're in a place and you're thinking about that person who I thought was a best friend, or that that person who's now an ex. When you thought that was going to be the person that you're with forever, or whatever that may, or this associate that you thought you were going to build businesses with. And now it's like you're totally and you're going on your separate ways. You know, see, see the lesson in that and be grateful for it. Yes. Because this isn't about being bitter. It's about becoming better. And that's, that's such an important distinction. So I just want to make sure that that, that's stated.
0: Absolutely. No, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. It's um you know, it's 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 easy. It's easy. We we've been socially programmed from childhood. Whole different topic, but we've been socially programmed from childhood to believe that a loss of a friendship is should be devastating to you, or you should be angry at that person because you think that they did it because of X, Y, or Z, which you have no idea. It's pure speculation. It's actually wasted time. Why are we speculating about what you're not going to get the straight answer anyway? Um, <laughs> this is an experience, and okay. I look at it as a, an experience to go through, not to mourn. I mean, you can mourn, but why? It was an experience, and again, if you didn't have that experience, you would not now have the knowledge, as you've pointed out, Des, that not all relationships are going to work. And I say to couples that I I do life coaching for um, that are are no longer couples uh, or they're on the verge, um, I say, you know, usually people in these situations, and I've seen it in law enforcement, or, I've and I've seen it from a life coaching angle. Um, they're very bitter. And you know what? That's not changing what had happened. So don't, don't get hung up. Don't hang around in the, in the, in the sweat of the drama. Don't hang around in that cesspool. Time to move on. It's time. What did they teach you? Thank that X for teaching you. Now, people, and I watch their faces, men, women, they get all their faces get all scrunched up. Thank them. Well, that person was an idiot, you know, and, and I'll say, well, what did they teach you? I mean, take all your personal hurts out of it. What did you learn? And mm-hmm. everybody can always learn something. Always. You know, the, the person cheated on me. Okay, so you learned something. That happens in relationships sometimes and mm-hmm. and you know I mean that person did that, and uh, they were they were an excellent teacher, although it doesn't feel good, right once you can see past your pain, you will see that this person presented you with lessons that you'll take ahead with you on your mm-hmm. journey yeah and just just one of those such lessons it, you know just when I, I began life coaching. I was diagnosed with adult ADHD. Hmm. Adult ADHD. Now, ADHD, I've had, as I know now, I've had it all my life. But as an adult, I I, I started to experience these really.
1: What is the distinction when they throw in the word adult?
0: Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's really silly because ADHD is, you have it all your life. Uh, but, in you know, they, they put this label on it, adult ADHD, as opposed to a child ADHD. And it's you all the same.
1: Graduated to yeah. the adult. Level. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly.
0: Like my son, he he's autistic and he has ADHD. And uh, and, and so it really changes you. And this, I'm, I'm now 53 years old. And I thought after the life coaching had, had started, okay, all right, life is, you know, like, And then all of a sudden this diagnosis comes along Mm. and with it comes new medications. And I know the medic, and and they say, there is no, there's a, you've got to find your sweet spot. So You're going to suffer a little bit on these medications. Some will work. Most won't work for you. And then you're going to find the one that does and it's going to play with your mind. And it's going to, and it did, it did horrible things while I was going through this medication. At one point I was on a stimulant and the psychiatrist had said, well, you're on meth, meth, or sorry, you're on amphetamines. And I looked at her and I said, why, you know, it it was an interesting, I said, why why am I on an amphetamine? She goes, well, it's a stimulant for ADHD. It's medical grade amphetamine. Do, Do you know how badly that screwed me up? And you're trying now your compass that you have that was you thought, again, I fell into the the, the thinking, oh, this is how life's going to go from here on out. And you, you all of a sudden get this ADHD and you got this medication that changed your personality. And the, my wife is saying, okay, well, you're acting this way. You're being, you know, this with this. So when you tell the doctor, change the med. And we change the med, go through it all again. Horrible journey. I, I thought, I, wow, this is a lot tougher the older you get. It was, you know, when I was younger and handling PTS, post-traumatic stress, yeah, it was difficult. Deadly difficult. I mean, suicidal difficult. Went through mental health issues uh, like crazy. This ADHD diagnosis, wow. Wow. Threw me completely out into the water, into the deep end of the pool, and I was drowning. And I was scared because I was starting to get the funky thoughts again. But it was the medication, not you know. I I and and it was only my the way I view life that I had Mm -hmm. to keep in mind until we found that sweet spot in the medication. Mm -hmm. I I had to do a lot of lot of self work and barely hanging on by my mental fingernails at some points. But I understood it to be. Perhaps I'm I'm experiencing this this is a teacher this ADHD and perhaps i'm experiencing it so that i can help others who, that, are, who are who are newly diagnosed with this and and going through the 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 painful process of finding the right med
1: yeah and that and that i think is is one of our biggest lessons is that yeah. in the areas where we find what feels uh, like pain or suffering uh, is the areas in which we can serve Yes. Which is incredible. It
0: it was really um, another eye-opening stage Mm -hmm. for me. Yeah, And just when you think you have it all under control, the next teacher comes along.
1: There is an abundance of teachers. (laughs)
0: Absolutely. And thank goodness for them. Thank goodness for them. I'm going to tell you something. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, yes.
1: I was just going to say, if anyone's questioning, there are more teachers coming. Yes. Right, Shane?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I have a feeling they're always going to come. All of your life. I feel well into my old, old age. I'll be learning. I'm a student of life. And, you know, I, I've met a lot of people that say that. They're a student of life. But... There's and a, long, I, a lot. Of, they're, they're they're a student of their own life, yeah. um, and and all of our experiences are are they're all relative in the, in the in its own way. Um, but as long as people realize this is this is about living what we call life. You're living life, and so if you get a diagnosis of something, or or, or your partner leaves you, or or whatever you want, your know, peanut butter sandwich doesn't taste the same. You know something? You know the dog peed on the floor the other day, and my wife's freaking out. And I, I said to her, I said, "Look at it for what it is. I mean, is the house on fire? Are we are are we being evicted? Are you know is something being repossessed?" And she said, "No." I said, "Here, I got a, I've got a cloth. I'll clean it up. And and uh, you know, dogs do that sometimes. These little puppies. We just got a little puppy, and they sometimes do that. And." So, you know, I'm trying to show her, as I would tell the audience, we can get all freaked out over small things, but you're going to go down fast. You're going to wear down to the point of exhaustion,
1: mm.
0: fighting everything. And that's why I don't like the word fighting. You're fighting cancer, or you're fighting this, or you're fighting that. Because as you know, Des, when you fight something, it fights back. Mm. And I learned that in my shamanic teachings. You know, if you resist, it's going to resist you and and you're going to be engaged in a battle that didn't need to be. You let life live you. Yeah. The dog peed on the floor. Okay, what are we having for breakfast today? Oh, you don't (laughs) have Frosted Flakes? Well, then I have to eat the Cheerios. That's not going to kill me. (laughs) <laughs> for one day, I can run out to the store after, you know. But people get upset over, you know, over these small things. And then when the big things hit, it totally wipes them out and devastates them. Where I teach clients just to just to let go of all that resistance. And this is an exciting adventure every single day. This is an exciting is not- adventure.
1: We thought about that, though, for a second. And looked at life in that way. That's, yes. That's a shift. Right. It's like it's an adventure and we get to go and enjoy it. Yes. Wow.
0: Yes. I I like to tell people you're a speck of sand riding on this big, giant ball hurling through space. And you're worried about the dog peeing on the ground, on Mm -hmm. the floor. You know, like think we're traveling through space as a speck. Enjoy it. Sit back in your easy chair. Put on your new glasses. Uh, And I'm an optometrist. I don't know if you know that. Not a professional one, but I do do optometry. And what I do is I give people a new set of glasses to look out of at this life that we have here before us that puts us so deep in the trenches and then takes us to the highest mountain and says you won and then brings you right back down again.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. You know, so um, one thing further, if I may, do we have time? Yes. I started, um, I, I I have a service dog and um, I've had him for about five years and, and he helps me. Uh, he's a psychiatric service dog and he helps me in, mitigate any anxiety attacks and things like this that, that I still get from time to time, although a hundred, almost a hundred percent, ninety-nine percent less. But sometimes I wake up and, you know, and things happen, and, and I feel a, an extreme anxiety energy, mm-hmm. not because of something that's happening to me, but I feel I just feel this in the house, or I feel it outside, and I've got to I've got to take a, a bit of a, a, a rescue med to, uh, to to deal with that. And the dog also provides certain tasks when he senses I'm going into that. Hmm. And so now we've got this relationship, this non-judgmental relationship of this animal that comes with me and we're a team. Now we're a team and, and you know, it's interesting. I never thought I'd find myself talking to my dog, but sometimes he's a better listener than people <laughs> can be.
1: I, I think so. <laughs>
0: You know what I mean? But I, 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 there's a possibility um, I was told just last week that I may have multiple sclerosis. Wow. You hit me with ADHD this in 2022. And in 2023, I'm now going through testing for multiple sclerosis because, you know, I've got all the symptoms. And, and so now we're going to go through the process of investigating that. Mm. And, you know, Um, my wife said, are you scared? And I said, it's not a death sentence. I said, it's another part of the journey. I said, if it happens, I'm going to embrace the energy that it brings. And I'm going to talk to it Mm -hmm. as I do with all of my afflictions. I talk to the energy of that affliction and we live harmoniously. This life and the affliction. Because it has energy in it. It, it listens and if you say damn you damn you it's going to get a little maybe test it's going to teach you some more lessons because obviously you haven't learned to li- let life live you yet mm-hmm. you're still resisting yeah so with a diagnosis that sounds so serious i understand again why am I, if i if this is true and i have multiple sclerosis i have it for a reason and that will be because perhaps there is a person out there that is going to require support that because they've just been given the diagnosis or been given a similar diagnosis with yeah. disease. And I will teach them how to embrace that. Yeah. Embrace and I know that sounds like a funny word. Why are you embracing MS? Listen. You're not, you know, if that's if if that's what life has dealt you. Look at it as an opportunity to better yourself. Yeah. What is what I'm looking actually, you know, I'm almost looking forward to the challenge. That anything, whatever this is, presents, and if it's not MS, whatever it is, I look forward to the to the challenge of loving it, of not letting it interfere, not getting all upset about it, and this type of thing. This is, I mean, the way I live now, I live, and the whole word is an unfiltered life. And you'll see that a lot in my writings, unfiltered life. And people say, well, what does that mean? I say, I can't describe it, but I'm going to show you. Yeah. You know, let let me walk you through what it looks like. And really, it's surrender and freedom. Surrender and freedom. That's the unfiltered life. And that's what I show people as I live it myself behind Mm -hmm. the scenes.
1: Absolutely. Shane, I want to close with three last questions for you. Yes, ma'am. My first one is, you know, I know you do this just as as I do, is help people through their self-limiting beliefs. I want to know a self-limiting belief that you've had to overcome.
0: That I'm lazy and stupid. Wow. that was the messaging all through my life as i grew up i had a very um um disturbing relationship with my mom and dad from a child and um so yeah that was the messaging and they didn't know of course no one knew what adhd that back then even though it was present no one knew what dyslexia and the, and, and how it expanded out because it was new yeah. And all the things I was doing. I always heard that you're just being lazy, you're just you, you're losing every job you've ever got stupid. You know, every job you ever applied for you lost it stupid. And so these are the messages that that haunted me into adulthood.
1: Wow. That's that's some pretty big messages. And I'm glad you're you've got enough teachers to bring you to where you are today. Um, If you could give one last piece of advice to anyone listening right now, what would it be?
0: If I could give one last piece of advice, it would be to study mindfulness. And, and when I say study it, live it. Go out, get it, say, you know, go out on a walk and touch in the bark of a tree if a leaf falls in front of you, pick it up and look at it and feel it in your hands. Slow everything down. Slow everything down, everything, and you have to be that change maker by actually going and doing that. And when the boss is throwing deadlines at you and and groceries and kids and all of that, slow it all down. You're the only one speeding up the movie. And I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the I'm going to give you a bit of a shocker right now. What I teach is, what you're seeing is also just a movie playing before you. And you're playing your movie. And I'm in your movie, Des, right now. And you're in mine. And it's all a big illusion. It's all an illusion what's happening. No, it's not. I have MS or I have dyslexia. Yes, you do. I firmly believe you believe that. So, if this is an illusion, this is your movie, and you're constantly your 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 mind is constantly throwing out the scenario to keep the movie playing, mm. and the mind really has control over everything and it's the biggest liar in the room. It's the one that with the voice that tells you you're stupid and lazy, so slow down take smaller life bites i like to call them life bites take smaller life bites you control you you have to let the agency that you have over yourself take over you're in control as far as what you're responding to and really take a look at that in a very slow mindful way get back out there where you can see and be part of the experience of your movie.
1: Yeah. Wow. That is so good. Shane, how do people find you, follow you, connect with you?
0: Well, I, I, um, I there's something I haven't told you be- just before I answer that, and that's the big guy behind me that are you see in the picture. I am uh, also a 20 year professional Santa Claus and uh, for Christmas, at Christmas time for children. And I I really enjoy it, to be honest with you. I really enjoy it. And um, I add elements of Santa in my life coaching, which is, uh, the name of my life coaching business is North Pole Life Coach. Mm-hmm. So uh, people can go to my website, uh, northpolelifecoach.ca, or, Tales from com, And so I have a weekly podcast there and all my social media is located right on the website. Uh, you, can, you can go out to all my Twitter and, and all the social media platforms, TikTok and, and everything. And I'm giving these daily life tips. And I have a twice a week podcast, one for teens and young children to listen to on Saturday mornings. Um, if you go to my website, You'll see me promote that. And I have an adult session on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Tales Behind the Sleigh, it's called. And, uh, you know, it looks all shiny with the reindeer and the presents as you look at it from from the front. But what happens behind the sleigh is what I like to talk about. That's the real story.
1: That is so awesome. People
0: can reach me on my website.
1: I love it. And it is, it's gifts. It is gifts that you are giving. It really is. And I, and I, I feel so grateful for our time today. Uh, it's definitely made me think and I, I want to incorporate a walk into my day actually because of, because of this conversation. Um, it it is amazing what we, what we learn, what we think, what we feel when we slow down. So I'm thank you for that important reminder and, I appreciate you.
0: I appreciate you too, Des. Thank you. And, you know, I'm just going to say as we leave today, when a child stops believing in the magic of Santa, they lose something and they go into adulthood with a loss of something. Mm -hmm. Don't let your inner child lose that magic. And I hope that I can walk alongside of people, and I love people, that I can walk alongside them and show them that the magic is still there. I just, you just gotta dig and clean it, clean off the diamond. It's got a lot of stuff on it from life. I want you to believe again.
1: Beautiful. Thank you, Shane.
0: Thank you, Des. I love I love you very much and I appreciate your time thank you to your audience for listening and all means if anyone has any questions you contact me through my website and I'll be more than happy to speak with you
1: absolutely what a fun episode with Shane Flanagan the North Pole life coach what a fun name and I learned that Shane has tattoos everywhere and they're all Christmas related. How cool is that? So fun. So it's, (laughs) it never fails that every time I do a recording, I've been podcasting now for gosh, 2019, 2020, 21, 22, 23. Going on four years. So you would think that the technology and all of things would just be in alignment and no. (laughs) At the beginning of the episode, I pulled a wire and my webcam went on the fritz. So I had to take my webcam off and that's why there was like, where did she go? She disappeared if you were watching on a video. Anyways, so that, yeah, it is always something. I just, I can't. (laughs) but. With the theme of the day being surrender, you just have to be present in those moments, right? And that, those are the things that happen to us. There's always gonna be something that goes awry and we have to rise to the occasion, rise to the occasion. I have this little thing in front of me. It says you're magical and it's a unicorn and you push it and it lights up if anybody's watching on uh, on video. <laughs> um it's a reminder to me about something Shane said, which is not to lose the magic. It's another way you might say of not losing the faith. See the beauty about being young is you believe that anything is possible. You, you have that hope, you have that energy, you have that belief and somehow, some way, we get older and life hits us and we lose that hope and that faith. And so whether it's Santa Claus or a unicorn, whatever you need to do to keep and bring that magic to your life, even in adulthood, yes, like I just celebrated a milestone birthday and most of my gifts were unicorn related. So you would think it came from a 10 year old's party. And I'm okay with that because I like to choose to bring magic into my life. I love that. And people know that about me. So don't lose that you know for you it might not be these things but let it be the thing that is that works for you let it be the thing that works for you you know i want you to take the word surrender with you today and ask yourself what you're doing to truly feel that to live it when shane says let life live you what a concept that's very interesting He's definitely a deep thinker, and I love his message about mindfulness and being in the moment and being present and taking everything in and having that sense of gratitude for all of it, even the things you don't quite understand because there is a lesson to be learned. So surrender today. Share this episode with someone who needs to hear it, who needs that inspiration. You have more power than you think you do by what you're able to bring to the world around you. So bring that positivity, bring that joy, bring that hope, bring that magic to someone today by sharing. If you haven't already, follow and subscribe the Born Unbreakable podcast so you never miss an episode and always know what's going on, what's next. And hey, I know Valentine's Day is upon us. And some people love that sense of celebration, even not just for that day, but throughout the month. So my thing with that is about as much as you make this that day, this month, about the love that you give to others, be sure that you're pouring that love into yourself. How are you showing up for yourself and loving you? loving the skin you're in, loving the person you are, and being unapologetically you. Remember that you are your only limit. So take action today and I will see you on the next episode of the Born Unbreakable podcast.